Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor at Forward Church in Chiefland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Turn to somebody around you and ask them, say, do you know what it feels like to be hijacked? Now, they probably weren't honest, so look at somebody else and say, will you be honest? (laughs) Do you know what it's like to be hijacked? I just believe that every one of us, if we would take the masks off, hello, Halloween, if we'll take the mask off and be honest, every one of us know what it's like to be hijacked or life has been jacked up. Amen? I mean, if you, if you have battled at any point in your life, if you have battled fear, self-doubt, uh, or, or doubt or uncertainty, you have been hijacked. Anybody in that category? You've been hijacked. How about if you battle low self-esteem and no self-confidence, depression, or anxiety? You, my friend, have also been hijacked. That is not God's plan for your life. You have been hijacked. Ever worried about the future? Ever worry about what choices you've made? Maybe there's going to hinder you from being used by God? Jacked up decisions. Decisions that you know have caused you to go, <laughs> in that, that kind of thing. Has caused you to go haywire or crazy in life. That has been a jacked up experience that was hijacked by the enemy. Because I know that God loves me enough to make sure that I'm fit for this fight. This thing that we're in. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, say, this is a fight. This, is, this thing is real. This thing, that, this thing that you got up to this morning, and, and how, many, how, many, how many actually had something that came against you this morning that could have prevented you from being here? Every one of us, just about. Some of us aren't telling the truth. That's okay. Altar call later. I'm just kidding. But it's true. We all have the tendency to bypass God's way and go for the easy, easy way out. Right? If you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We're in this collection of talks, but we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. If you're tuning in by podcast, we're honored that you you tuned in um, and checking out what God's doing. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to have you live and in person in the church here in this room said... Amen. If you missed last week, we kicked off this new series um, that's really based around this thought process that we tell the enemy, no access... No access, my family, no access, my finances, no access, my relationships, no access, my mind, no access. Today, we're going to be looking at the heart, no access, no access. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have permission to move in. We let, we let the enemy walk in and out of our lives. He does not have permission. The only reason he is bothering you is because you have not put up guardrails or protection You are in control. God is ultimately in control, but you have the authority to say no access. No access. So in these talks, one of the biggest things that I really wanted you to to grasp, I'll get there in just a minute. I know you're you're like, I've got my hand on the verse. Where where are we going? I'll be there momentarily. But you and I are in a battle. You You do not wake up every day just happenstance. Every time you wake up, know that when you walk out that door, The enemy is ready. He has no access to my house. He's not coming in through stuff that I watch on TV because if if there's something that comes on, even if it's a trailer for a movie, there's something inside me. It's called the Holy Spirit. You should have him too if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ that will tell you, get that, turn that off. 
Why? Because that stuff's coming in your eye and then it approaches your mind and then your kids and other people in the house, they go to bed and they got fearful thoughts and fearful dreams and all these things. Why? Because you allowed something to come into your home. You, you allowed. I allowed. So he has no access. But when I step outside of my house, he has, he has access to get in. That's when I've got to go, no, 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 you can't. I, I'm not looking at that. I know I see her, but bounce. I think it was Pastor Jensen. You know, you bounce look. I'm talking about guys. But we are in a battle. We are in a battle. This battle, although the end, somebody's like, ah, I, want, I want good news. Let me give you good news. The battle is already won. Again, it goes back to any territory the enemy takes or comes into is territory that you and I have allowed. I believe God wants to do something in our lives today. And this is, I told Amy, I said, because she did it once, then Paul came up, and I leaned over to her, and I said, this is a three-punch service because the Holy Spirit already put what they said in the notes. They had no idea. It's a a three-punch knockout today. It's a three-punch knockout today. The enemy has no access. No access. There is a real enemy. There is a real devil. There is a real adversary. He's an accuser. Ever been accused of something you did not do? Ever been accused of something that you did do that's in your past, and you're trying to walk away from it? That's the accuser. That's not God, that's the enemy. He's trying to hold you back based on something you did, but it's not who you are and where you're going. Keep moving forward. If I got stuck in the places that I, that I found myself in, I made the choice to stay there, but I also made the change, the, choice, the change and the choice to step outside of that stuff and put up guardrails and say, that, that's not happening again in my life. No, you have no access. Stop letting the enemy come in and out of your life. Stop letting him come in and out of your home. Stop letting the enemy come in and out of your relationships. Stop letting the enemy come in and out of your marriage. Listen, the enemy would love nothing more than to take you out. He's not trying to cause you to have a bad day. He's trying to cause you to have a bad life. It's more than a bad day. We're going to get there in a minute, I I promise. But there's one translation of Ephesians 6 that talks about we're warring against evil spirits and principalities in high places and for us to stand our ground so we'll be able to stand against the schemes or strategies of the enemy. Let me tell you about, I've grown up in church and I know all about schemes and strategies. I've said that verse, quoted that verse all my life. But the more that I thought about it, I thought about, I thought about a, 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 an athletic team who goes in, they've been practicing all week long. And they say, well, if, if the opposing team does this, this is going to be our strategy. This is how we're going to attack them. The enemy, check this out, church. The enemy's doing the same thing to you that he does, t- that, that we do in, in games. It's a strategy. It's not, let me just slide this in and see if they get tripped out. No, 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 my friend. The enemy has planned for ages how to take you out, how to destroy your marriage, how to destroy the church through deception. It's a scheme and a strategy. He's strategizing how to take you out. But the battle's already won. He would love nothing more than for you and I to stop trusting God. So in Ephesians 6, Paul writes on how we can combat or withstand these schemes and strategies. Let's read it. I, I, I want to do this from the message translation. Every week that we, we pull apart the, 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 um, the armor, I'm going to try to pick a dr- different translation because this, this translation is a little different from last week. But I love it. It says this, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. How many know that anything God puts his hand to, that it is the best? Guess what that means about you and I? We're the best. We're the best. Can you just, just I, I know, I know, that goes against the whole preaching of be humble. No, no, no. I'm the best. He made me the best. 
Stop believing that lie of the enemy that, you, that your, 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 your choices and your, your mistakes and your oopsies that we talked about last week causes you to be an oopsie person. You're not an oopsie person. You're chosen by God. Stop believing that lie. Tell him no access. No access. And put them to use. We're talking about the best made materials. Put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws Excuse me, your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll, that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. This is a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. Be prepared. Tell yourself, say, be prepared. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. I can do this. I don't need to come to church. That's not true. You can't do it on your own. The enemy will try to get, convince you that you can, but you can't. You cannot do this on your own. He goes on to say, take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, that's the pieces of the armor, are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable or absolutely necessary weapon. It is absolutely necessary. Everybody say, I've been equipped. I've been equipped. So last week we started with the mind and we're, we're, we're not giving the enemy access to our mind. We looked specifically at how to protect our mind. I gave you four points. Actually, I gave you three. There was somebody who met me at the door and said, you said four and you only gave us three. So where's the, where's the fourth one? I'm going to give them all to you. And then I actually gave you all of the, the, the byproduct of number four, I just didn't give you what it was. So let me give these to you. Number one, how do we protect our mind? Recognizing that the battle is real. Number two, acknowledge that we need supernatural strength for a supernatural fight. If this fight was in the natural, if it was, I would go to the gym every single day, y'all be like, yo, I'd be like, yo, y'all can't touch the, you know, I, I'd give me some dudes, I'd give me some homies, we're we going to take the devil out. But it is, not a, it is not a physical battle. You and I are in a spiritual battle. You can't fight this thing. You will never win this thing without the power of the Holy Spirit living, working, moving in your life. Number three, understand God's calling you forward. When you have an oopsie, he's not asking you to sit. He's asking you, let, repent, get that stuff right, and move forward. God's calling us forward. And number four, get your mind right. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Bad thoughts, they gotta go. Negative thoughts, gotta go. Negative relationships, gotta go. Toxic relationships, gotta go. Toxic TV, that's gotta go. Toxic Netflix, that's gotta go. They know how, they know, the, the people who created Netflix and Redbox and your mama's box and all the boxes, they know how to entice your flesh. Well, let me, let me just strip that away. The enemy knows how to entice your flesh. He knows what you like. And it's going to be that show that you like that promotes what you like that's going to be the one that you get the email that says, for 75 cents, you can have this all weekend long. 75 cents? 75 cents for the enemy to jack with your mind. And you become hijacked and wonder how come the rest of your week stinks. Tell him, say, no access. No access. No access. No access. Today, I wanna, we're going to be looking at, for just a few moments today, protecting your heart. Protecting your heart. It's the most important part of you and I. It's the heart. It's the most important part of who you are. It's the most important part of who I am. It's found right here inside. It's called the heart. The enemy would love to discourage your heart. Anybody ever been discouraged? 
Anybody ever walked out of church and felt discouraged? The enemy would love not. You're like, really, Pete? B, that's true. Absolutely. Because some of y'all were listening to him on the way in the, in, the, in the car, the enemy, that other voice. You know, when you was telling them kids, stop. Telling your wife, stop. No, I hope no, you didn't do that. All that stuff. And then you walk in here. You carried him in here. Let me just give you a little tip. Start getting, getting with the Father before you get here. That way when you show up, you just partake of everything he has for you. Amen? It's called preparation. Make sure you're preparing yourself. Everybody say preparation. Preparation. It's the most important part of who we are. The enemy would love to crush your heart. The enemy would love to break your heart. Many of you have had a crushed and broken heart. I too have. He wants to destroy the central part of who we are. It's called the heart. But God is saying, put on the breastplate of righteousness to guard your heart. What we're saying to the enemy is you can't have access to the most important part of who I am. But yet we'll give the most important part of who we are for a little recognition. For a little bit of, and a little bit of. We'll give up the very best of what God has for us for a little bit of. Mm-mm. I don't know what your mm-mm is. But we all got something that he wants to entice us with to drag us down so that we lose sight of the vision that he has for our life and the promise that he's already said is ours. We give up. No access. No access. No access. Got a question for you. Nobody has access to my heart except for God and my wife. I love our three girls, but nobody has access to my heart but God and my wife. It keeps things straight. Who's got access to your heart? How many lock your house at night when you go to sleep? You're like, man, I, I don't, but I'm raising my hand because I don't need nobody coming in there getting my stuff. How many of y'all go on vacation just to leave your house wide open? No. How many got ADT or some kind of form of security? Why do we do all that? To protect the, valuable, the valuables that is inside. But yet we'll give the most valuable piece of ourself to somebody else who doesn't cherish the value of who you are. Say no access. See, I'm putting that word in there on purpose so that you don't have to have a long, drawn-out conversation with the devil. He doesn't deserve your, that, your time. He's stolen enough of our time. It's called being hijacked. You just need to say no access. When you identify that the, the, the sucker's coming for a punch, called a sucker punch, you just say no access. I got the armor on. My head, my, my, I, I got salvation over my head. It's called Jesus. For the remaining moments, I want to talk about the reality of the enemy in your world and in my world. Listen, some of us can't succeed until we put locks and guards in the areas so that the, the enemy is trying to access, so he has no access. Some of us let the devil walk in and out of our lives. He plants seeds of discord. He plants seeds of division. Some of you already, you're thinking, yep, in my family. He, he, he plants seeds of lust. He plants seeds of greed. He plants seeds of unforgiveness. He plants seeds of insecurity. And we wonder why our lives are a wreck. This is a garden we're allowing people to plant seeds, and then we wonder why we got all kinds of weeds. That's because they're not planting good fruit. And stuff. We're allowing them to throw whatever, whatever they've got going on in their life, they, they spread it. Do you know that in our yards at home, when you have neighbors, 
that if it doesn't matter how much you take care of your yard and you pay the extra to have somebody come and make sure it's fertilized just right, if that joker next door ain't doing that and he, he lets all them weeds and stuff grow and then, and then he brings his uh, bush hog out, not a regular lawnmower, but a bush hog, you know how that just stuff's just going everywhere. Just, and, and, and when those seeds come over into your yard, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not on a rabbit trail. Those seeds from somebody else's yard done hit yours and guess what you got in your yard? A bunch, a mess. A mess. Sometimes you need to go to your neighbor and help them out a little bit. Sometimes we need to go to our neighbor and help them out a little bit. See, I just moved off your yard and I moved into something more important and that's their soul. Sometimes we worry about the wrong thing. So Paul is saying some very powerful things, very important things. Point number one for today. I think I got four. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. God wants you to be strong. Said that right in the verse. God is strong and he wants you strong. So you need to write that down. God wants, matter of fact, change it to say God wants me to be strong. So when you're looking at notes tomorrow, you're trying to remember what God said to you today. He wants you. He wants me to be strong. God wants you and I to be equipped to go after the call of God. Listen, God, does, God doesn't want us to be weak and depleted. He wants us to be strong. The enemy wants you to be depleted. Anybody know what it feels like to be strong? You go to the gym. I didn't go at all last year. That's why. <laughs> That's why. I got the jacket zipped up because Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> But I remember, but I remember that first day when I went back. I thought it was going to be a bad experience. Like, I was going to be, like, super sore. Dude, I walked out that gym, like, I was like, I told Jamie, I, I was like, dude, I feel good. I, I was expecting to come in, you know, like, after a year of being out. I thought, you know, just hitting that door, busting it out like, like I was Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, boy, but y'all know, that y'all know <laughs> it wasn't like that. But God wants you to be strong. He wants you to feel that way, that when you walk out in this world, he wants you to feel strong. The enemy wants you to feel weak and depleted. God wants you to be strong. There's something about, there's something about that strength. There's something about, it does something to you. It does something to you when you come in here on Sunday, you come in here on Wednesday, and then all in between. You're ready. You're, you walk out your door, you hit the door, you go, come on, no access. Don't be looking for a fight, but be prepared when one comes. Don't walk out looking for the fight. The church had that all wrong. He's coming. You just be prepared, but you focus on where you're supposed to be going, and you go after him. See, what the enemy tries to do, he'd be running rabbits all around us, kind of like you think I'm doing right now, but I'm really not. He'd be running rabbits trying to get you to lose focus of where you're supposed to be headed. The enemy will jack, he would jack with your mind and the vision and the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. That's why we look around and go, I thought I was supposed to be going that way. How in the world did I get stuck here? You got hijacked. The transition between Moses and Joshua, we know God said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. We are most pleasing to God when we are strong. That's when we're mo he, he's most pleased with us, when we're strong. The enemy wants us to get tired and bail out. He wants us to lose sight of the purpose, sight of the mission, and lose sight of the city that we live in. Y'all do know we have a mission for the city. I heard a message today. I, I think it was Furtick or somebody. Or I don't remember who it was this morning while I was getting ready. It's not all about just changing your city. It's about serving our city. Serving will, will, will produce the change. See, we just want the, we want the end result, but we don't know how to get it. How you get it is when you learn to serve. That's why we do Easter. That's why we do Christmas. That's why we do bikes. That's why we do what we do 
is to serve. And through serving, we will change the city. And we will see results for the kingdom as the kingdom is advanced and moved forward. We need to get the strength of heaven to pursue what God has in front of us. Let's go to Psalms chapter 18. Psalms chapter 18. 1829 says this, in your strength, this is David, in your strength I can crush an army and with my God I can scale a wall. What he's saying is this, what may seem impossible, with God it all becomes possible. With God, with God. God gets in on the deal. One new house. God's got to get in on the deal. I need a new job. God needs to get in on the deal. We trying to step out and get new jobs. We have a new house, drive a nice car, but you still jacked up just like you was because you didn't include God on the deal. I know because I've been there. Include God on the deal. Maybe you want to write that down. That's point 1B. <laughs> include God on every area of your life. Why? Because with God, I can do anything. I can love better. I can serve better. I can forgive better. You're, you are better. We are better with God. Amen? Point number two. I need all the help I can get. Some of y'all are like, yep, I'm writing that down for my husband right now. He needs all the help he can get. Amy Weber, don't do it. <laughs> we need all the help we can get, and he's laid it all out for us. If there's help out there, bless God, I want it. I need it. Why? Because pride says, let me just sit right here for a second. Because pride says, I don't need no help. I've been doing this thing for a long time. I don't need no help. I got this. I don't need advice. I don't need your opinion. I don't need community. I can do this by myself. No, you cannot. You may stumble through your journey, but you won't overcome those things and get to the promised land without him. It is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Pride says, I don't need it. Listen, when you and I walk in humility, we realize just how much we need him. I told, I told Tom in the sound booth this morning, I never want to get to a place where I feel like I've arrived and I've, done, I've got this thing. Dude, I'm going to learn everything. If I'm not learning, I need to be moved out of the way. If I'm not willing to change, I need to, be, I need to be moved out of the way. Humility, walking in humility will let us see very clearly how much we need God. I wrote this down about pride. Pride will poison your heart. Funny thing about poison, a lot of times we don't recognize that it's there until it's too late. You may get a bite of something, you may have partaken some poison, and you don't realize till several hours later, and you've already moved away from where you were, you don't even realize where you picked it up at. Some of us, our lives have been hijacked, we've moved so fast because we're trying to do our thing and push our agenda, and we've moved so fast that we don't recognize where we picked it up at. I want my spirit so sensitive that I recognize, and when I walk into the room, I recognize there's something in this room that's toxic that I need to make sure. That doesn't mean I need to run from it because there may be something I could do about it, but I need to make sure ain't every Tom, Dick, and Harry putting their hands on me, trying to filter through my brain what they think I need to be doing, what you, that they think you need to be doing. Watch out for toxic people. They'll take you down while the enemy ultimately takes us out. I wrote this down for pride, and then I'll move right along. Pride is the only disease that makes everyone else sick except the person who has it. Pride is the only disease that makes everybody else sick except for the one who has it. Somebody say, I need all the help I can get. 
Dude, I need counsel. I need friends. I need community. I need worship. I need the word of God. I need a pastor. I need family. I need church family. I need you. You need me. We need each other. So he gives us the gift of salvation to protect our mind, truth around our waist, peace on our feet, faith is our shield, and his word coming out of our mouth, that's the sword. But over my heart, he chooses righteousness. I, I, we're going we're gonna to land this plane real quick here shortly, but I want to just cruise at an altitude right here. This is, this is going to be dangerous, so you've got to buckle up as we take this thing down for a landing, okay? This turbulence, everybody say turbulence. This may mess with you a little bit. There's a reason why God said, I'm protecting your heart. There's a reason why God is using his righteousness to protect your heart. This is it right here. Check it out. Number, point number three. My righteousness, my righteousness is his righteousness. And I know this, mess, this mess, messes you up. Because I grew up in a way where I thought I got saved, and then I, every, every time I, I, I went to the store, stole some bubble gum, dude, whatever. I don't know. Maybe I did. I don't really remember. No, I really did. I'll never forget my mom worked at a store called Sky City. It, was, it used to be um, what we call Walmart today. And I, got, I, I had a lot of access to a lot of things like candy. And I was just a little big dude. And I would go, y'all remember when they had the, where they would hang the um, clothes on these little racks, you know? And I could get in the middle of it and I'd just be, I'd be going to town, boy. You know, and this Mr. Manager dude, he, never, he didn't even have a clue. Mr. Stafford, I stole some candy. I thought every time that I messed up, I was going to hell. He was mad at me. He didn't. Once I became his child, once I said, you are my father, I, didn't, I ain't always got it right, just like you have it, looking all crazy at me. But he still loves me. If she messes up, even so she's the baby, it does not change our love for her. Just because you mess up. It does not change, but the enemy wants to jack and hijack your heart and deposit stuff in your heart to believe you, you're, no longer, you're no longer qualified to get to the promise because you've messed up too much. That's why it's not my righteousness. It's not what I do that's ever going to make it right. It's what he did. That's what protects my heart. Stop letting the enemy dump on your heart to convince you that you're no longer qualified for the place that God has told you you're going to. Don't let a pastor tell you. Don't let somebody on Christian television tell you. Don't let your mama tell you. Don't let your Sunday school teacher tell you. Don't let me tell you. Ain't nothing going to steal you out of the arms of Jesus. It's his righteousness. I told you turbulence. Hold on, we ain't landed yet. Because I grew up thinking that I had to put on my good behavior. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my entire life. I got to do it. If it was something that I could do, Jesus would have never broke off, God would have never broke off a piece of himself, sent Jesus to die for us if it was something that I could do to cover myself. It doesn't matter how righteous I may try to be, my righteousness is as filthy rags. How many mamas and dads in here? You ever had a baby? You ever had a baby have an oopsie on a trip? And you, don't, and you ran out, Amy left the, the, the baby wipes at the house, and now we got an oopsie. And so what do you reach for? You reach in the bag, and you pull out that burp rag, right? And you wipe it down, and it could be coming out this way, it could be coming out this way, and you wipe it all down, clean it all up with a, with a rag that was once clean, now it's filthy. And what happens? You're trying to tend to the baby. You drop the thing, it gets kicked up underneath your seat, and two weeks later you're going, what is that funky smell in my car? That's called a filthy rag. That's what God sees in my efforts to make me look good. It stinks. 
Don't nobody want to be around it. They don't want to ride in my car. They're like, B, your car stinks. But I'm good. You like my ride? It's clean. Yeah, but something inside of it stinks. We dress it all up Instagram approved on the outside, but inside something stinks and people don't want to be around us. And then we become the toxic person that I was just talking about. We become the toxic person for somebody else. My righteousness, my good works. You want to know how to disappoint the Father? Keep trying to do it and say, that's basically saying your way didn't work. The cross wasn't good enough. I'm still down here trying to work it up. God forgive us. I'm going to give you two, two words. You may have heard these before. I'm going to give them to you. The first one is this. Say imputed. Now say imparted. Oh, let me go back to 2 Corinthians. Is it on there? Let me, let me do that real quick. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When God looks at us, regardless of my oopsie, regardless of how bad I blew it, when God looks at me, he smiles. He's in love with me. Why? Because he does not see me. He sees Jesus. He sees his son. He sees the blood. When he sees you, he's not disappointed. I love turbulence on an airplane. It makes Amy feel uncomfortable, but I love it because I know that I'm still in his hands. I, I, I don't mind when things get a little crazy in life. You know why? Because I know that I'm still in his hands. And you should be okay when life gets a little crazy. Yes, choose to make better decisions. That's on us. But when other things get out of control that we have no control of, just remember that God is still in control. Who am I talking to? Listen, when, he see, when, when God looks at us, he sees the cross. When God looks at us, he sees that, that Jesus became sin for you and I. He died. His righteousness became my righteousness. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see last year, last month, or last night. All God sees is his righteousness. Jesus became the sacrifice that you and I might become righteous before God. Imputed righteousness and imparted Listen, imputed righteousness is my standing before God. That's, that's my, when I stand before him, I am righteous. When I, when I invite Jesus into my heart and I ask him to cleanse me of my sins, forgive me of my sins, and help me to walk this journey, we're going to get there. That's imparted. But imputed is when I made that decision, I am made righteous. I am standing right with God in that moment. Because of my belief in Jesus. It's all I got to do is believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. God raised him from the dead and he'll return again. Come on, somebody who's been in church for a little bit. That should make you shout. You don't even know. I, dude, I, I want to run right now. I want to cry right now. I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. My prayer this morning was, God, let just one person, just let one person walk in here that just admit, hey, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm just broken. I need, some, I need something. And apparently, y'all, I just want one person. And, and then I want another one the next time. And then I also want to see people who've been in church for a long time get set free of this thing. Well, I messed up and now I'm, I'm no longer worthy. I can no longer be called. That's a lie. Stop allowing yourself to be hijacked. Tell him to no access. No matter what my moral behavior is, no matter what I do, I'm standing right before God. It's called imputed righteousness. I'm not righteous based on my behavior, but I am righteous based on my belief. Remember, it's not something you do or did. It's what he's already done. That's how you, you and I stand righteous. He's pleased with me. He loves me. 
Imparted righteousness is my daily walk. My imparted righteousness, his imparted righteousness is my daily walk. The righteousness of God, that's the grace of Jesus trying to help me elevate my thinking so that I live righteous before him. Imputed means I'm, sta- I, I, I'm, I'm standing before him righteous. But how many knows we have oopsies? But it's my journey where I fall. That, that's my imparted righteousness. That's his grace at work in me and through me so that you and I can get to the place that he's called us to be and take as many people with us as we can. Put your hand on your chest. Say, I have been made righteous. But B, you don't understand. You have no clue what I've done. There's no possible way I can be, I can be righteous. Who told you that? I tell you, a serpent, a liar, an accuser. That's who told you. It could have been the voice of a pastor from years past. I don't know where, where you came from. I've heard it. I've been there. I've seen it. Anytime somebody accuses you of where you may currently be, that's a voice being used by the enemy. I know I'm on shaky ground right now. I know, I know I'm messing with some people's minds right now because he's messed with mine. Stop believing every time you have a little mistake, it's over. And when we think that it's over, we stop trying. And when we stop trying, we go right back to our comfort zone that's usually at a place that brings us real down low. Man, you, you dust that thing off. Repent. Don't apologize. Repent and say, God, help me to establish guardrails so this stuff don't happen in my life. And watch the Father begin to walk with you and talk with you and remind you that you are his own. And he starts leading you and guiding you to the place of promise. You are the righteousness of God. And can't nobody deny you of that. Because they didn't give it to us and they can't take it away. 1 John 3.20. Even if we feel guilty, let me just clear your, your mindset out here. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything anyway. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. Point number four, in closing. I am protected from shame, guilt, and constant attack. I am protected from shame, guilt, and constant attack. It's called the armor. He wants us to be, he wants our heart protected because when our heart gets stuff dumped on it, we, be, we, we, we do stuff, we start believing the lie. So he wants your heart protected It's why he didn't use salvation to protect your heart. He used the righteousness because it's protecting the most important, valuable piece of who you are. Are you you following me? It's important that he he didn't use faith. He didn't use use peace. He used righteousness, his righteousness, to to protect the most important part of who we are. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Forward or just to connect with us, go to myforwardchurch.org. We love you. The best is yet to come.